Bam. All right, we're back. So let me introduce today's guest. His name is Daniel J. Daniel was born in Toronto, Canada, and at a very young age, had a burning desire to answer more of the questions inside of himself, which led him to years of adventures across, across the globe. One of them has been... One of them has been to different deserts where he's practiced remote viewing and coherent thought processing. He has developed software used in tens of thousands of apps and at one point managed billions of hits in real-time analytics. Daniel has been preparing for a launch of his new platform, Cosmic Mind, that will change how we think, think of, create, and publish documents. Danny has been one of my close friends for many years. Me and him have uh, grown up together, and I would just like to introduce everybody to him. So, without a further in, Mr. Danny J. Yes. <laughs> Look at that face. Nice. Oh, God, nice. <laughs> cleanly shaven, too. Wow. I, I even wore a collar, but it's a little <laughs> dusty from the dust <laughs> from the road. Fancy for me today. I love it. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, man? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. So, I gave a little. I gave a little bit of a brief intro about you and your bio. Um, you know, things that weren't in your bio is mean you did grow up together. We spent a lot of time together. We went through the fun times of children growing up, trying to discover ourselves and find our paths in life. Yeah. And, um, it's been beautiful because we've also met at different pivotal points in our lives where we've changed. And it always seems that like we meet up exactly when certain things sink in our lives or we go through a process in our own way, but yet we're able to describe it in very similar terms, but with mm -hmm. our own memories of our own experience. Mm -hmm. So if you can take a moment and just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, a little bit of background. Sure. Um, first off, thanks for the intro and thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Toronto. I uh, had a computer pretty much all my life. So for me, exploring in the digital world has always seemed very natural. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I noticed as I grew older, I started to break down the world around me in the same way that I would break down how to build systems. So a lot of organization, a lot of finding the same patterns, looking at how I may have something working, uh, but how can I make it more optimal? How can I use less resources to achieve the same uh, outcome or, or goals. So at 19, I got a great opportunity to go out west from Toronto to Victoria, BC and start studying. And that led to 17 years of traveling and living around the world. Uh, in the beginning, it was mainly to do with school and um, jobs. But then it became where I would basically live where I can find the teachers that would inspire me or teach me or what I want to learn. Um, and feeling comfortable to basically put myself in the unknown and, and, hmm. and work really hard to, to achieve a goal. And when that was done, I would not move to the next place, but I would expand to another place and keep uh, where I was uh, connected. So it's a little bit of my path. Um, some of the trips that I've uh, had the opportunity uh, to go on, I spent time in the desert with uh, Dr. Greer, uh, where we would basically uh, practice remote viewing and coherent thought processing, which is basically how do we move our mind uh, beyond what we consider to be our self 
Mm. And once our mind moves beyond to this place, um, we can learn, communicate, um, uh, do many things actually, because our mind controls everything. So once we move it into a, a bigger and larger, greater form, uh, it gives us more avenues. Um, some of my other travels have been in projects where they were thought to fail because they were very complicated. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was known as this young guy who, if you just tell him your problem, he sees a solution and knows how to make it, which has a lot to do with just being creative and just kind of not being scared uh, to try. And that has given me an opportunity to manage uh, billions of hits a day and analytics uh, uh, and what have you. And, and then eventually I got to the last few years of my life where I started to see that everyone really wants to express themselves. Everyone really wants to share their ideas. Um, but we don't really have necessarily the all-in-one or best platforms to do that. And so like right now we're on Instagram and this is incredible. Instagram's doing wonderful things. Um, but itself is also one avenue of expressing and it's small, it's a photo and some text. Um, so when I wanted to share some of my ideas, I found that there was a little bit of a limitation, especially of how we think of documents, how we think of content like Microsoft Word or Google Docs. Um, so I thought, well, what if we can create a way where ideas can just flow and you don't need an engineer and you don't need a designer and you can add YouTube videos or code or real-time graphs freely within what we can consider a new uh, expression of a document in today's day and age. Um, and then just give people the ability to share and, and collaborate in real time and share their ideas. Um, because I don't believe the best ideas are within engineers. I think they're within all of us. And so we just need those tools, um, which really comes down to what I've learned overall is that everything is a tool, depending on how you choose to use it, whether that be your feelings, whether that be how you think, whether that be how you organize your relationship, uh, your relationships, your honesty around those relationships. We're really constantly moving these different tools around trying to shape the reality in the world around us. Um, mm -hmm. So I found, and we'll get into some stories, I found that the best place to be is always just really honest with yourself, but with this creative spark that guides you. So <laughs> have fantasies in your head, but keep yourself grounded on how to get there with no expectation. Um, mm. So that's a little bit about me, <laughs> I guess. Well, I <laughs> I think it's great. I like the way that you describe it and the way that you say it. You you have a lot of like gems and knowledge and, you know, experience behind it. But was there one moment or multiple moments that you could share that kind of helped awaken or, or, or created this um, perspective that you have? Yeah, um, actually, there's many. And I would like to share one um, when it has to come to uh to do with surfing, okay? Because surfing has taught me a lot. I think surfing is the epitome of learning self-discipline and respect. So mm. I, was, I moved to Costa Rica, um, spending a lot of time here, and I wanted to get into surf. And, you know, you start off basic. And eventually I found myself where my mind wanted to push further, um, but I just wouldn't allow myself. So I moved to a place called Hako, which is uh, where there's some really good waves, a lot of professional surf there. And I remember just sitting on the beach 
and just tearing, just tearing, mm. looking at the ocean, going, why do I want to be a part of you? But I'm so <laughs> scared of you. I'm so scared. And, you know, we grew up in cities. We didn't have a lot of swimming. We didn't have a lot of ocean exposure. So the idea of the ocean sounds great. But once you're in it, it's like super unknown. What is around me? Are there these creatures that are going to hurt me? Um, you know, how do I read waves? So I remember just basically allowing myself to get to that really low point. And I call it low. It's not actually low. But I call it low where I just had, I allowed all my fears, all my worries to to come up. I didn't suppress them. I admit mm -hmm. to myself that I was scared. And then I decided, okay, as much as I am scared, I will not act in fear. I am mm. going to admit that I'm scared, allow myself to be scared, but my actions will be based on what is the next best thing I can do. Because that's really all I can ever do, right? Mm -hmm. It's the next best thing. Um, so I stopped trying to think 10 steps ahead when I'm in the water and started just focusing on the next step. Eventually, um, and actually only moments after I released all of that, I got a message from this incredible guy named Alvaro, uh, Alvaro Solano, who's like a 10 time champion of Costa Rica. And he took me under his wing and taught me how to be in the water. By the end of it, a year later, the way my mind would think is we would do like 10 kilometers out, 20 kilometers out, stand up paddle. And the way I would think is it will end so I don't stop. And as much as I'm scared, that's not how my actions will be. And mm -hmm. I was able to then take that into everything that I do now. I used to be very scared to launch software. I used to be very scared to succeed. Um, I used to always doubt myself. And a lot of that was because I wasn't admitting to myself that it, I'm, I'm in fear. I, I, I don't know what to do if it actually works. <laughs> um, so through surfing and through that experience, I now say to myself, well, if it's going to take me two years to make something, that's okay. It will end. So I don't stop. And I'm not really worried if it goes wrong or it goes right. I just know whatever happens, I'll just do the next best thing I can. And now I'm, I feel super common in any situation. Like, I just kind of like, okay, am I scared? Am I not? Is, is it good? Is it okay? All right. And then what do I need to do next? And then I go to the tools. What tools do I have available to me in order to take my next step? Um, so that would be probably one of the most recent examples of where I felt an awakening um, mm -hmm. within my mind and my, my thinking. Um, there's more, there's times more. <laughs> I feel like every day I'm awakening. <laughs> um, would you like another example of uh, one? I think, uh, I think one surfing example is phenomenal. And yes, okay. definitely we'll want another example, but it, it's true that these sports that we do, it doesn't have to be a sport, but you know, if we're going to speak about sports, what it does, it really does help awaken us because we sit with fear. Even when I, when I do rock climbing, and I'm, I'm like 30, 40 feet above and I'm holding on to my life with literally one finger in like this tiny little pebble. But all you can do is, what about tomorrow? What's my future? No, it's breath, breathe. What about now? Embrace it. You're in it. What are you going to do about it? So I really like that. The ideas that, that you were talking about that you learned from surfing. If there was three principles from surfing that you could take and kind of simplify it to give to people that are watching what would be like the three rules or three um 
yeah, uh, three examples that you can learn from that sport that you could share with other people. Um, cool. Okay, so the first thing is that I would say is in life and in surfing is let go of the idea of control. Hmm. There is none. Good one. Okay, the ocean is going to destroy you <laughs> if it wants to. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't need to even when it seems scary. Actually, I find more comfort in scary waves than I do in calm waves. Because in scary waves, and the second principle, is it forces a level of focus and commitment. So first I let go of control, and then the second thing I do is I bring focus to the situation. I'm like, what am I really here to do? Am hmm. I here to say I wanna go out and surf and, and allow myself to be in the wrong place every moment and then get hit? Or am I really here to surf the waves? And if I'm really here to surf the waves, then I'm committed to the action of going for the wave. Then once I remove control, create the commitment, um, the outcome is dependent on, on how much I commit and where I position myself. Kind of like in life. How mm -hmm. do you put yourself where you want to be how do you commit to your actions? How present are you within your focus? So at that point, I've pretty much done the best I can do. The third thing that's gonna happen is the result. And so the result, I'm not in control of, but I do have the opportunity to react to it. Hmm. So what I like to do is not create an expectation of what I think the result can be, but I do like to think of the different possible outcomes that the result can be in order for myself to prepare. And that would then help me uh, be more calm in whatever happens. So for example, let's say you're going for a really big wave and it's heavy, thick lip, you know, bigger than who knows what, and you're dropping in on it. You might not make it, that's okay. When you're underwater and you're 10 feet underwater, I don't panic, I relax. I realize, okay, I'm underwater. This is where I am. I knew, I, I knew the chance of me being here would happen. But now that I am here, I'm just gonna relax. I'm not gonna try and rush. I'm not gonna panic. I'm not gonna act in fear. Um, and I'm gonna let things kind of calm down around me. And then I'm gonna flow up to the surface and double check that there's not a wave. So even when I think I get through that third or the result hit me, I'm still mindful that it's the new beginning of another focus commitment mm -hmm. step. It's, so results are almost the transitionary points as to which we apply uh, being present and committed to what we're doing next. Um, so that's what I would say. Now imagine if it does go well, and oh my God, you're in this amazing wave, and you, and you just get this sensation like I'm on the wave. Well, don't just stand and go straight. Give it a try, try something. Mm -hmm. It's okay to fall if you try some crazy hack off the top or you're in a barrel. It's okay to fall because that's once again, the result now in the secondary transition. Um, sorry, my phone's slipping. But basically what I'm saying is, is I keep this flow of be honest with what's going around, focus in on what I need to do, and then apply that commitment and be open to the result. And just allow it to iterate and be comfortable with trying again. And I don't mind failing. Actually, failure is more success to me than succeeding because mm -hmm. I can learn more from it. Um, so for me, like, I experiment a lot with what is told to me that cannot work, uh -huh. only so I can discover how I make it work. Um, 
kind of like when I first started surfing, a lot of people thought that someone in their beginning 30s would be able to tackle it. But I looked at it and said, you're right. In the beginning 30s, I'm not going to be able to tackle it the way I want. That's why I got a teacher. That's why I'm willing to read. That's why I'm watching videos. I immerse myself in the idea um, and allow myself to be a student from the beginning, no matter how old I am. Um, and, and I find myself in that situation now. I just launched Cosmic Minds teasers and like two and a half years to make it with a great team and all the support. And honestly, it was tough because for two years, no one even knew what I was describing. They're like, what are you talking about? What is it like? And I'm like, it's not like anything. That's the point. It's meant to be. <laughs> it's like, it's meant not to be like something. And people were kind of confused because they know that I'm a credible guy. They know I work hard but they didn't know how to make this tangible. Mm -hmm. And now that I can show it, now that I can demonstrate it to people, I get the opposite. They're like, oh yeah, of course, why doesn't this exist? Why don't we have this yet? Like, <laughs> we needed this all the time. And I'm like, oh, guys. Um, but I didn't allow the fact that other people didn't know what was going on in my mind to be the limit of my mind. Mm -hmm. Actually, I kind of find comfort that I have my own unique ideas and that I'm willing to share them. Um, sometimes I've seen my ideas and the greatest people of, of, of time and what they've created. And I actually just get super excited that like I'm even on the same thinking pattern. And sometimes I have the worst ideas that no one ever wants. And that's okay too, because I, I like ideas and I just like how they flow and yeah. Well, I think that's, yeah, like I said, I've, I've known you while you're creating all these things and you're like, well, I'm doing this and this and this. And like, I have been guilty of the person being like, so can I see it? And you're like, well, it's not, it's not there, but like, it's like, you can easily see it. You're clear about it. You know how it's going to look. And yet for me, I'm like, well, cause I didn't understand code and a lot of this stuff, but so people like one of my favorite quotes are people praise others in public for hours they put in private mm -hmm. you know what i mean that like i have looked at cosmic mind and i saw what you've done and i'm like oh this is amazing but what people don't see is it took you 36 years to get to this point it took yeah. you a lot of growth a lot of transformation a lot of can i trust can i not trust what can i do how can i create like it took a lot of stuff that came for you to be ready to be at this point to create it and a lot of individuals they don't see it. They're just like, oh, on our modern day time, it's like, oh, he's always like that. Oh, that's what you got to do. It's easy, but there's so much more. Mm -hmm. I want to share. I want to share a, an idea that happened, and I want to hear your thoughts about it. So, I read a book called Big Magic a long time ago by Elizabeth Gilbert, and what she was talking about was she's saying that inspiration is not a thought. Inspiration is an entity that chooses you, and if you choose to honor it then it will honor you. But if you don't, it will not wait and it will go somewhere else. So for example, there's people that are like, I have the best idea, but they don't do anything. Two years later, people are like, what? That was my idea. How did they do that? Or they copied me. So with a lot of the things that you're doing and you're creating, do you, do you feel that inspiration is an entity? I, I look, at the, look at the creation and I look at the things that you're doing and do you feel that it's just a thought or do you think it's an entity that's choosing you because it believes that you can create something? Uh, that's an incredible question. And 
So the answer, short answer is yes, but I want to show you something. Uh, I don't know if my hand would see it, but if you look on my arm, you'll see the little boy who's reaching up to the higher self. I, I don't know how I can get this in for your viewers, but it's basically the boy reaching up to the higher self on the path that is never repeating and that is endless. Hmm. And to me, that right away resonates with that inspiration. There is this... There is our self and then there is our higher self. There is this inspiring place where we can be. And yes, I feel that it has chosen to allow me to know that it's there. That, that was part of the awakening. I'm here. But, it, but I always found it's up to me to reach up to it and say, hey, now that I know you're here, I, I want to be a part of you. Right? Mm. And, and so I don't feel entitled to that inspiration. Once I know it's there, I seek it. And this is what I mean by finding the teachers and traveling is when I want to do something, I make myself that student. I make myself ready to get inspired by the mentor that I would have. And then I seek them. And then mm. when I find them, so I find that the inspiration doesn't only come through me, but it comes through others for me. And it would be amazing. So I'll give you an example of like one uh, that was really funny. So I came back from Hako after the surf after the surfing for a year training, and I come back to Nasara where I live now, and I go to my buddy Robbie and I'm like, oh, I really want to learn how to ride motorcycles, and I want to buy a Ducati, and I want to learn to ride that. And he's like, oh wow, you know, funny enough, Mario just opened up a motorcycle school, and he's like the only guy who has a Ducati in Costa Rica, like in this area. And I'm like, of course, of course, that's how it is. And the way I, and I spent a month and a bit learning with him. And I told him right when I met him, I want to ride a Ducati. And he's like, oh, I don't know. A Ducati's like, it's not your first bike, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but you don't get me. I'm willing to go for the next two months and ride all these different bikes and get to it. So in the end, I got my Ducati. In the end, I ride my Ducati and I got it. But what, what really happened there was I've been thinking about something I wanted. I've been wanting to ride motorcycles and I'm so open to opportunity that it's like the universe just manifested this guy who's opening up a school who wants to teach and has the bike I want. And, and that to me is the manifestation of that inspiration. Now, mm -hmm. do I just hear about it and that's it? Or do I go and put the effort in and buy the equipment and put the hours into learning how to ride? And what's funny is when we were riding, he would always tell me I don't accelerate enough. He's like, you don't slam on it enough. And I said, yeah, you know, like I'm, I, I'm trying to practice my throttle control, right? I'm trying to practice how easy my hand can go. Well, after 12 days, he had me on a 1,000cc uh, Africa Twin, which is a Honda bike, and we were going uh, on like an outbound highway trip after 12 days of learning to ride. And he told me because of my throttle control, he trusted me on the bike. So here it is where uh, my teacher is questioning me and here I am as a student absorbing, but still taking some control over that inspiration, over that lesson and doing what's comfortable for me because at the end, I'm the one who has to operate. I'm the one who has to do the work. So I, I make a, a mixture of what he's teaching me and of what I believe so that I feel comfortable and then from there, I was able to get further ahead quicker because I built that trust. I built that commitment. Um, so the inspiration to me to get back to your question is 
I believe that it's always actually trying to connect with us. Mm-hmm. I think it's always tapping on our shoulder, just whispering in our ears. And I used to call them the whispers um, because it would almost be like an idea just floating out. Wow. And then maybe you would say, oh, no, I'm not good enough for that. Or someone else is doing it. Or big company is already taking control of that. And then another person might say, hey, you know what? Regardless of what's going on out there, I might as well try. I, I'm living mm-hmm. now. It seems kind of fun. I did get the idea. And then there's another option where it's like, whoa, that idea must happen. And I am going to go for it. I think that it's very important to allow yourself to move comfortably between those three states of being a little scared, being a Mm -hmm. little curious and being very committed. So that this way you're always finding your flow and not trying to pressure the outcome, but allowing the outcome to, to be. And that's where inspiration thrives. Once it hmm. sees that, it's like, whoa, look at this guy. And calls its other inspiration friends and says, hey, <laughs> this guy makes it happen. Do you guys want to give it a try? Let, do you want to be inspiration coming at him? And he's like, yeah, sure, give me a chance. I'm on vacation. I want to spend a week again. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> and what happens is through your actions, you're inviting more inspiration. And there's, you know, you know, some people say, oh, everything he touches turns to gold or all the good ideas come to her and it's not by accident. Mm -hmm. They're actually attracting it because we're all attracted to things. Right. And so the pattern of us being attracted to things most likely exists in other things that Mm -hmm. want to be attracted to us or to other uh, creatures, entities. So yes, I believe in inspiration. Love it. I love the way that you brought it up and the way that you described it. Also, the fact that you talked about when you're learning from the teacher, your job is not to become that teacher, but to become a better student and what you're learning and then later on create it your way. It's like when a guru has somebody, the guru doesn't say become the better me. They say just become the better you. So I I really like the example of of the throttle. And yeah, I do agree the fact that if inspiration these things are entities and then you honor it it's gonna it's gonna do what you said it's gonna call yo yo this guy's doing this and they're like all right i'm coming along and then all of a sudden it's just like more and more and more because it's like things want to have an experience as you're having a human experience things want to experience more through you and if you're doing it and you're honoring it more and more of them will come so like i said i i like the example and the idea that you had um thank you so before I asked you the questions, before I went on, you said that there was another story. Oh, so many stories. <laughs> <laughs> my life is full of stories. Um, I love it. Actually, one guy told me once, he goes, Daniel, we're all storytellers, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get what he said until now. And I realized it's, it's really all about sharing our journey and, and, and talking about being inspiring. Um, Like, I was a little bit in fear of even this conversation. I never really talk so openly. Uh, But you inspired me to be here. And and now we're sharing these stories. And these stories, we're an aggregation of our memories and how we decide to portray them. Um, So I find, actually, just to even talk about that, uh, one of the things that I've learned recently in the last year was uh, I actually thought a lot about, well, if we're just the idea of all of our memories, what is the disadvantage of our memories and what is the advantage? 
Well, the dis disadvantage is that the first time we experience it, it's the first time we experienced it. So the first time you do something, it's like, oh my God, I, I didn't know what was gonna happen. And this is the first time I experienced it. And so you'll look at it one way, you'll think about it one way, and you'll come out of it one way. But the advantage to a memory is that you can actually go back and think about it again. And you mm -hmm. can actually sit back and say, wait a second, let me replay in my head what happened. Huh, you know what, maybe I wasn't right. Maybe I overreacted. And through that process of revisiting my memories, which you're, help, which you're inviting me to do right now, um, I actually change my feelings towards those memories, whether I've been hurt, whether I've been praised, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I change my feelings. And so then I'm now back to being an aggregation of memories today, but I have the advantage of looking at those past moments with all of this additional education that I've received and all this additional experience and then that instantaneously changes me right now because I'm an aggregation of my memories, mm -hmm. right? So by sticking with that definition, you will always be what you, what you think you are, what you think your journey has been. But no one has ever told me, and now I realize I can go back and relive that all the time, refining it. So yeah. I used to hold on to a lot of baggage. I used to carry it like, like weights in a gym that I couldn't lift, you know, those people like broken back kind of like, and that's how I used to carry my problems. And I realized, wait a second, what if I go back to that memory and I think of it a little bit differently, I'm a little more compassionate maybe towards the people who are in it or myself. And now I, now I wear, I carry lighter weight, you know, weights I can actually work with or even no weight at all. I kind of work out mostly just with my own body weight. So, mm -hmm. Um, going back into these memories, uh, and I'll tell you one about the billion hits a day thing and, and how that worked. Um, I realized just how important it is to go, to go into that space, whether through meditation, whether through dreams, whether through just stillness, whether through conversation and relive that memory, give yourself another perspective because that's the advantage of memories. It's mm -hmm. almost like information. We can recall on it again and again and reuse it, right? So why can we not do that with our past experiences mm -hmm. and reuse them in order to help us grow? Uh, which is literally what I think I was describing with surf. I'm going back to all those challenges I faced. I'm reliving them in my mind, whether it be instantaneously or quickly or, or slowly. And, and then I'm using that construct in order to move forward. So let's look at the billion hits a day one. So okay. without naming much companies or anything like that, because I, I don't even know if I'm allowed, but um, I remember getting hired for a job. I needed a job. I moved back to Toronto and my mom wasn't doing well. And uh, so I had to, so I wanted to come back and spend as much time with her and I needed a job. So I went and I got this job and they kind of hired me what I found out later, just by the excitement I had, they didn't really have a job for me. And, uh, which was pretty cool. So I'm there for like a few months and I go to the VP, uh, Mike Bow, and I say to him, you know, I think I need a review. Like, uh, he's like, why? And I'm like, well, I don't really do anything here. <laughs> and he's like, well, he's like, in truth, I just love coming to work and seeing how much you love working. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's nice but you know like i'm 
probably a pretty high paid person here and I'm not doing anything, <laughs> not much job security. So anyway, but I'm being honest, you know, I'm mm -hmm. not lying about the fact that I don't feel like I'm providing. Now it's not saying I don't want to provide. I'm just admitting that I don't think I am providing. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they announced that they're selling the company to big mama or papa, whatever, you know, that's coming to buy them. And they said, who wants to go there? And I'm like, oh, man, I don't do anything. I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what am I going to do? Anyway, so the first round, they come to interview everybody. And I avoid it. I'm like, oh, just lunch break is at 9.15. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to go to my lunch break. Anyway, so the, they leave. And everyone tells me, they're like, yeah, so they were asking who should we take if we take anybody. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, what do you guys say? They said, oh, we said you should take Daniel. You know, everyone take that. I'm like, no, don't bring any attention to me. <laughs> I don't do anything here. And anyway, next <laughs> month goes by. They announce everyone that they didn't see, they're going to meet now. And I'm like, mm. oh, man. So Mike Fowl I, comes to me and goes, Daniel, they want to see you. And I said, uh, okay, well, uh, what should I tell them I do? You know, like, <laughs> and he's like, tell them you want to build a recommendation engine. And I'm like, mm. oh, wow, recommendation engine. You know, I'm a university dropout. This is 11 years ago before machine learning or analytics or AI was anything. And uh, I'm like, I don't even know what a recommendation engine is. And I'm just like walking into the hallway. And if you saw me back then, I did not look like a programmer. I had piercings. And... Anyways, I just did not look like a guy who was going to make something on a computer. But anyway, I walk in. <laughs> And there's like the top engineers there, head of HR and the chief of operations. And he looks at me and goes, we're disappointed in you. And I'm like, what? Why? He goes, well, we heard you don't want to come to Montreal and work with us. And I said, no, I just don't do anything. And he said, I don't know why you'd want me to go to Montreal. And he goes, sit down, sit down. And I said, okay. I sat down and he goes to me, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to build a recommendation engine. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well. How would you do that? And then right away, my creativity came in. And I was just like, oh, it would be like a flow of information. And you can just capture what you want. And whatever you don't need would just drop off. Right? And it would just be like that. And he's like, oh, wow. So interesting. Um, okay, go back to doing what you're doing. And in three months, we'll invite you out. And I'm like walking out of the office. I'm like, I keep telling everyone I don't do anything. And yet I'm getting promoted <laughs> like the whole way. Anyway, by the end of it, I ended up with a job in machine learning uh, where my traffic was going to be a billion hits a day. And I didn't allow the fact that I wasn't doing a job or the fear of managing that much traffic. I really just said to myself, you know what, if I can make one hit work, I can make a billion work. And I'm going to read up about it and I'm going to learn up about it. And I'm going to take the responsibility because I want to do something. And now I have that chance. Mm -hmm. And within a very short time, the system that we designed uh, and that I was leading uh, worked. And I remember when the project ended 11 months later and the same guy asked me, he's like, what are you going to do now? And I, and I was like, you pretty much gave me a golden ticket. Like I have a billion hits a day on my resume. That's going to open up a lot of doors for me. And as much as this chapter is ending, look at all what I learned here. And I took the mm -hmm. confidence of such scale, like what is really a billion hits? Like in our minds, that sounds like so much. If you're Google, you'd be like, that's one second of our day. But anyways, <laughs> you know, like, but 
the point is though is that going back to that surf idea i kept it honest with what was going on i admitted to people i didn't feel like i was being utilized i allowed them to make room for me to be utilized no mm. one told me because i'm not doing anything that you can't work here then they said well we want you to work here and then we need to find what you can do so when i admitted rather than being like oh i don't work any i don't do much and i'm going to hide from that and kind of let people just think it i guess but not admit to it because i took ownership over what i felt was lack uh, underutilization everyone wanted me to feel utilized and support so it mm -hmm. actually worked for me to admit that i wasn't being utilized and and i did it in a, in a humble joking way um and that led me to one of the best roles i've ever played in my life in in development um and so i encourage like in in jobs and anything and anything you do start off with just being honest it, it and and do it in a way that is without so much emotion just more about the fact of hey look guys i i want to work here i want to be a part of your team but i don't know if i'm really being used right i don't know if i'm fitting in help me and if your team is not willing to help you then you already know you don't need to be there that's not the right place for you but if your team is willing to help you then then honor that because that's a golden team like that's those are going to be people that you grow with that you share with and you challenge yourself with um and very much like your friends so you talk about you and me we've known each other through many roller coasters i don't even know if i can say some of those i probably should not say the stories <laughs> that we've had but what i can say is you've never given up on me as a friend you've never not had time for me you've always wanted to see me grow and that's even though we're on opposite ends of the world hmm. that's how i know you're my best friend one of my best friends because you're always giving that space that i need and that's what i learned from uh uh the opportunity i had with the billion heads so i'm not naming the name the company name but um in that opportunity and so yeah so that would be another story It's a beautiful story. I love it. I love it. I love it. I just love I love the way that you describe your stories. They're very colorful. You bring in the details and you're very um humble and open about the whole situation and it's not very biased on like, well, I was doing amazing. It's just like and I am so good. It's like, no, you're you're being honest and you're being human about it. A question I have for you is because you know we do grow up from an image in our head and then we get these opportunities and a lot of things happen in our lives that make us think and make us reflect um have you ever gone through having like imposter syndrome have you ever had the feeling that this right yeah <laughs> yeah you can see my response <laughs> one of one of the and if I'm understanding your question correctly one of the biggest challenges i've had until just recently was accepting who i am mm. who i am to myself what i represent uh how i envision myself i wouldn't allow myself to be the best i can be because i didn't believe i had that identity i didn't believe i had the identity of being a teacher I didn't believe I had the identity of sharing things that people cared about. 
A lot of that had to do with uh, my upbringing. I didn't have the best upbringing when it comes to uh, emotional constructive <laughs> constructs added to me or, or what have you. And, and I carried that with me. But what I really think it was, and it wasn't, it wasn't about abuse or anything towards me, it was really myself. It was mm. really, I was abusing myself throughout my whole life, just telling myself, I can't be, like, I may not be the best I can be. I, I am not meant to be that great. And it's not that I didn't want to be it. It's that, why should I, what deservance do I have? So a lot of my imposter syndrome had to do with what I felt I deserved. And then I started to think, wait a second, why am I choosing what I deserve? What am I, a Mm. panel of like some judge and like, like, first of all, what the word deserve doesn't even resonate with me anymore. It seems like Mm. such a, misused word when people say oh i deserve that what do you mean you deserve that what did you do i did this well that guy did that so who deserves (laughs) it you know like (laughs) right but what it really came down to is when i felt everything started to really click and this is like honestly in the last year like 36 years in the making and i'm just getting comfortable with it is when i asked the i am question and I just embrace the answer that I get. And, and that's for me. That's, that's not something I want to say right now, but it's for me. And the response that I get is one now that I, that maybe I'm not there yet, but I'm going to grow into. I've mm. made room for how I feel about myself to now grow within me to be that person. And I don't go telling people what it is that I think I am or how I am. I hear it from them. So I believe the greatest compliments come when people observe you and talk about you. So for example, I believe that if I were, if someone were to say, oh, Daniel stole the $10 on the table, I believe my friends or people who know me would be like, no, that doesn't sound like Daniel. Daniel never Mm -hmm. takes what's not his, you know, he never does that. And so the credibility of what surrounds me is now how I see myself because the world that I've manifested is around me. So having great friends like you, having role models in my life, this is the world that surrounds me. And then I realized, well, well that's me. You know the saying, you are who your friends are? That, that, that's true. You are who your friends are. You are where you live. You are what you do. You, because that's where you put yourself. And if you're not admitting to where you're at and the growth you need to move forward, then you are in the imposter syndrome. You are not admitting the real state that you're in and so yeah so finally just allowing myself to be me has clicked and and step out of the imposter now the imposter wasn't bad i wasn't a harmful person when i was an imposter but by definition i wasn't me and so therefore i'm an imposter so now i don't worry about trying to be anything i just focus on being me and allowing my qualities that feel genuine and authentic to come out um, and to share them with confidence and without fear of judgment. Um, of course, scared that maybe people may or may not like it, but I'm not willing to adjust the quality of how I feel for that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not acting in fear. Yeah, I'm, you know, you walk into an open place and there's all these amazing people that say, you're going to be like, oh no, am I going to fit in? But at the end of the day, I don't worry if I fit into them. I worry that I was me. 
and and as long as I'm me at the end of the day, then I've already succeeded, whether they liked me or not, whether they mm-hmm. accepted what I was saying. Um, so that would be the imposter, <laughs> the imposter answer to the imposter question. <laughs> I don't know. I appreciate it. Once again, I appreciate your answer and the way you come with it because I, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of individuals I know go through this imposter syndrome. I'm 36 as well, and I'm only stepping out of these things, but I'm not asking the question who I am. I'm looking at what I am, and I'm looking at the results because if you're the result of what I am, then I'm on a good path. If my other friends are a result, if my business is a result, if everything is the result of what I am, then who I am, even though it constantly changes and evolves, is a very good thing and something that's taken me 36 years to achieve, and I'm pretty damn happy about it. But that doesn't mean that, as you said, it doesn't mean that this is a stop. There's going to be another wave, even after you pop out your head from the water. And you got to be careful because the end of one is the beginning of something else, so it's that constant evolution and evolving into it. So I really resonate with what you say as well, and you know, I do watch you. I've grown up with you. I've seen a lot of you. And, you know, it's you are what you say. You are what you do. You're you're not, oh, I'm going to talk this way, but I'm going to do something else. No, you mm-hmm. actually are. And I like the word that you said that, yeah, it's scary sometimes. But I'd rather be scared than live in fear of not being exactly who I am. You exactly. know, so exactly. I agree. So last question before we go, um, if you had the opportunity to speak to your younger self, what would you say to them? Uh, really good question. Um, I would give my younger self a really big hug and say, you're a good kid. Mm-hmm. And even though you were put down or people didn't believe in you, you're a good kid. Look at what you turn out to be. And you'll turn out to be something even greater later on down the road. So don't worry. Have fun. Be playful. Be humble. Be passionate. Laugh a lot. Be generous. And know that every time you're giving, you're actually giving back to yourself. Every time you're laughing, you're actually telling yourself a joke. Every time you're sharing with other people, you're receiving. And, and you're going to be something great no matter what. And I would give a big hug to my younger self. And then that feeling of protection would hopefully be instilled. And then you're going to grow up even more. And I, and I do that today too. Sometimes when I'm in my worst places, I look back at myself and just be compassionate and give myself a big hug, allow myself to cry, allow myself to laugh, allow myself to be what it is that I am in that moment knowing that it will always get better no matter what. Even if you think it's getting worse, it's actually getting better. Um, There's this, I don't want to take somebody else's idea, so I'm going to reference Steve Jobs, and he talks a lot about these dots Mm. that that we feel like we're in, like we only really see once we, we pass them, right? I have some tattoos on my arm that are strictly made of dots. And we, we made them that way um, because when you're one of the dots, you feel like you're in the chaos. But when you actually move back from it, you see that there's a pattern and that there's an alignment and there's an actual setup for all of it. 
And so that's what I would tell my younger self is the dots that are going to come ahead. Don't be scared of them and don't feel that you're stuck in them. It's all just helping to shape the pattern that you will realize once you see them uh, pass, once you see them throughout your life, these stories. And so that's it. Now I know there's more dots ahead that are coming. And I know that there's more stories that will be shared. Um, so I find comfort now, find comfort in the chaos because you're actually a still moment just helping to shape the overall pattern that we're a part of. Um, and that's what I would tell my younger self. Beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah the, Steve, the Steve Jobs quote is, um, as you say, it's like you can only connect the dots looking backwards. Exactly. And it's, and it's true. And it's true. I wouldn't, you know, yeah. there's hardships that we went through. There's difficult moments. There's, you know, I can speak for me, suicidal thoughts. There's a lot of things that went through, but I needed them. Because now when I look back and I play connect the dot, I'm like, oh my God, look at this picture. This is beautiful. And it's amazing. Yeah. And as you were talking about the dots, you know, sometimes we stare at the stars at night. And then when we connect the stars, we see that there's so much more to all of this, that the light, the darkness, that everything is so intertwined with such beauty and there's no mistakes in who we are or in this universe. So I appreciate you sharing that. Before we go, I would just like to, you know, acknowledge you. I've known you for so many years. Um, uh, there's not enough words I can say about you, but, you know, I love how you've, you've come up from your upbringing. You've changed. You've learned. You've adapted. You've expressed. You've given yourself permission to be. And along the way, the, you just keep on trying to get better, but not just better for yourself, but better for those around you, better for this world. You know, even your dream is not to create something where you succeed, but a platform where everybody can succeed, you know. And I think that in the individual that you are, who you are, your heart, your growth, and your constant quest for asking more questions because you know in your heart that the better questions that we ask, the better that we can be in life. Exactly. So I want to acknowledge you for all that you are, all that you do, and just the beautiful person that you continue to be every single day and just grow into. So I love you, brother. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and so before yeah, we go, uh, <laughs> digital hug. So before we go, tell us where can people find you? Where can they find out what you're doing, what you're working on? Where, where can they find Yeah, where can they find you? Um, so if you go to cosmicmind.com, it's just the beginning of the landing page and, uh, we're going to be putting tons of videos up. And if you go to youtube.com slash cosmic mind, you'll see a first teaser video. Mind you, I'm only learning to make videos, so please don't crush it. <laughs> um, but there's going to be tons of videos, tons being shared. Like I said, I'm surrounded by a great team of people and we're working hard in the next month, um, to bring something really special that we think is special. Uh, for everybody to use and I hope this is the beginning stage of of my interaction with the world and getting to do wonderful things with it and um, like right now in this conversation so thanks Aaron for having me and 